Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week in Review podcast on Friday, January the 4th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about drama in Pope County, new Little Rock Mayor Frank Scott, medical marijuana, and probably some more. Okay. I'm joined by Max Brantley. Happy New Year. Thanks. Same to you. So lots of uh, political intrigue happening in Pope County over the last two weeks. Well, I guess some of this, I must say, is because of lack of other news to get in, in, excited about. But but there is a tremendous amount of political controversy in Polk County, Russellville, for those of you who don't know, surrounding the new casino amendment. The amendment of voters approved in November provided for four casinos to exist already at Oakland and Southland, and one new one in Jefferson and one new one in Pope County. Everybody in Jefferson wants a wants a casino, apparently, or just about everybody. Pope County, not so much. Their voters uh, voted against the amendment; didn't didn't have an effect. And they also passed an ordinance that said that uh, there needed to be a vote before the county judge or a mayor could approve a casino. Well, it turns out that there was somebody working behind the scenes to get a casino project going in Pope County, a Mississippi casino operator. And they popped up the last week of the year with a letter from the outgoing county judge saying he really liked this Mississippi casino. Did that constitute approval of a casino as the amendment requires? You know, I would argue, putting on my lawyer hat, which I don't officially own, no. But uh, they had a PR firm to put out this glossy thing about this giant casino they were going to build. And that made a lot of people in Pope County really mad because of the people were against it and the new judge said he wasn't for it without the people voting and the new mayor said the outgoing mayor also filed one of these letters so anyway that stirred up a fuss in Polk County well since then a lot more has been revealed there there are all kinds of political players involved in this the the Quapaw tribe is going to Jefferson County but they want to help their allies in Pope County to whatever degree they can that would be the Cherokees who had a plan to perhaps go after a casino in Pope County, but they're aware of this problem about local resistance and thought it would take some PR efforts. Then you got the Choctaws, it turns out. They've got a casino in Oklahoma, and one right essentially in downtown Fort Smith, in fact. And uh, they've suddenly entered the fray and are causing problems. And, well, it turns out they've hired Bill Vickery, the lobbyist, and John Goodson, the big political players on their side, and... And they say, well, they just want an open process, but there's a lot of suspicion that the Choctaws are really in there to kill any kind of casino in Russellville because they don't want new competition in, in, near their casino in Fort Smith. There's also some suspicion that they may be a cutout for Oaklawn Park, which is less than an hour by highway from Russellville, and they're going to have a big casino. And maybe they just as soon have nothing in Russellville anyway. So anyway, there's... The, to clean up the problem with the uh, mayor and the judges, the lame duck mayor and judges' letters, they've now floated new proposed gambling rules for the Racing Commission to approve that makes it very clear that the only letter that counts is one that's written by the current office holder after somebody's applied for a casino permit. And that process hasn't begun yet because they haven't approved the rules. They're going to have a meeting next week to 
to put out for public comment the, the rules that will govern casino gambling in Arkansas. I'll note that the Racing Commission traditionally has been run by people who are friendly at Oakland Park. They tend to be people who own thoroughbred horses or like to race thoroughbred horses. So that's uh, all of the I understand, too, that this late-breaking rule to clean up this sudden intrigue in Russellville came out of a meeting with the Racing Commission that included some direct pressure from the governor's office, who was responding to very unhappy Russellville legislators, particularly Senator Breanne Davis, a Republican legislator, who doesn't like this fast and loose business that's going on to override the will of the people in Pope County. So... In a long way of saying, I think they're a long way from having a casino in Pope County. But uh, we know in Jefferson County, they're they're moving ahead, just waiting for the Racing Commission to... Right, although this change in the rules, if they are adopted, does have some small impact on Jefferson County. They'd already changed the rules once to say that the letter from the county judge only needed to be sent after the amendment was approved. And the the previous county judge... uh, who's now left office, sent that letter after November the 14th. Well, now, if they change this rule, the new county judge, Gerald Robinson, is going to have to write a new letter. He said previously he supports the casino proposal, but this suddenly puts him in a position of a great deal more power. I mean, he could exert some leverage saying, well, yeah, I'm going to sign your letter, but before I do that, I want to make sure you all do X, Y, or Z. Nothing illegal, understand. I'm Make sure they pave the roads right or something. I don't know, but in any event, so there's... There's just political angles galore in this. You know, casinos mean so much money, and where there's money, there's politics. And where there's money in politics, it's sometimes not very pretty. Uh, do, does Oakland and Southland, do they also have to wait on their construction well, projects? That, the thinking think, seems to be yes, that, that they need to have the rules in place to begin their full transition to an actual real casino that is with not electronic games but real craps tables and that sort of thing or at least that's been the general understanding i think there's going to be the rules we put out for official public comment next week and i would think it'll be a 30-day period now they'll also have to be reviewed by the legislature so we may be looking at sometime in february before all this gets nailed down i'm thinking okay all right, well, let's, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, Frank Scott, the uh, former banker and associate pastor, 35 years old, first uh, popularly elected black mayor, took office January 1st. Um, I went to the You nog- were there, the big inauguration. deal. Yeah, it, it, I, I've not attended a previous inauguration. But There's my, never been anything like my this. My understanding is that it usually happens in City Hall or in the courthouse, and yes. it's friends and family. Uh, I, I'm not great at estimating numbers. I know that the lower level of Robinson uh, Center Performance Hall, where this was held, seats about 1,200 people. Most of those seats, I mean, with just a few scattering empty, were filled, and then quite a few in the balcony. So there were probably 1,500 people there. Yeah, surely. it was, And they were enthusiastic. I've never seen anything quite like it. You can't deny the spirit that seemed evident. And, and I, I don't think it is unfair to note that it was – not wholly, but but it was overwhelmingly, I think, an African American crowd, and I, I think that represented. It was shown in the in the vote in the runoff that that they really got excited about the notion of having an African American, which is I'm, I, I say that only to note that 
that was a big part of his victory. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he, in his speech, he hit a lot of the same notes he did in the campaign. It's time to bring our city together. Uh, but he also uh, said that it was uh, his administration would mark a clean break from the way that City Hall uh, did business in the past. And, 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 and you the know, former mayor was sitting in, in the, the front, front row. I thought that was interesting. And and the city city board was sitting behind Scott. Uh, so. I'm not even sure he meant it the way it sounded. I mean, I, 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 I don't know because I haven't asked him, but – I mean, you could read that on the face of the words alone as really a direct rebuke to, to the previous administration. And 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 goodness knows, if you ask Mark Stodley, you'd find that he'd find I would have been a very harsh critic of his. But, I, you know, I don't think that city government's flaw has been transparency and accountability so much as just torpor. Just, I mean, just a kind of a lack of energy and new ideas, which those are different sorts of things. I, but, but in any event, I mean, maybe he meant it just exactly as he said it. Sure. Well, I'm, just in in people that I talked to that day, um, and in recent weeks in city government, uh, Stuttle's push for unused vacation time right. was that a, was a frequent topic of conversation, and, and that and that had a, has a bad aroma to it. This thing to cash in in his last minutes in a financial way. Now, I will say this: you could also say that what Frank Scott was saying that I will be transparent. Look, I vow to be that way, and nothing wrong with that. And that's a good thing. I'm still waiting for him to reveal who paid for his party, by the way. But uh, perhaps he'll be transparent and accountable about that eventually. Uh, he's promised a lot. Governance is hard. You know, yes, it is. And, I mean, I wrote a small item. It was trivial in one sense, but I got an email yesterday from a longtime critic of city government, a guy named Luke Scrable, who happens to live in southwest Little Rock, Frank Scott's turf, and his complaint is similar to Frank Scott's, which is we've been ignored. You don't respond to my complaints out here. And he finally got arrested and for – for being threatening to city officials for not being allowed to speak at a city board meeting. And he wants Frank Scott to deliver on his promise to let people like Luke speak at every meeting at the city and respond to their complaints. So we'll see if that happens. But, I mean, he can wear on you. He's not an easy guy to take. Some of these squeaky wheels are not. But, you know, the one thing I did think about, and I'm not criticizing the speech or the celebration of his victory. Those are times to speak in broad general terms and – to cheer victory and to talk in grandiose terms about the future, what the future will hold. But I do think that where I've found Frank Scott lacking at times is in specificity. And, and it's one thing to say, we're going to be transparent and accountable and unified and move forward. And we're going to develop economically and so on and so forth. Well then how does that translate into what you do? What, what, how are you going to achieve that? And, you know, one one thing he did say specifically was, again, this promise to hire up to 100 new police officers. We've just gotten through cutting the budget and didn't give most city employees a raise just to make sure the budget balances this year. I, I think he says, well, we'll get that out of somewhere out of the rest of the budget. Well, how? Where? I mean, that's... These are these are the difficult points of governing that make some of the broad promises a little hard to deliver on. So it's but it's early, and he's yeah. he he did say to me in a telephone conversation we had within the last week or so that he's dead serious 
about pushing ahead with changing the form of government to more ward representation, including if the city board won't go along and put it on the ballot, a petition drive to do it. That's a pretty specific promise. He seems serious about it, and so that's that's a big deal. That's a big-picture thing. Yeah, as to specifics, I think he would point to this uh, transition board he's assembled that includes the likes of Jay Barth and Joyce Elliott and Antoine Phillips, just to name a, f- a few that will be familiar to our listeners. It meets for the first time on Monday, I believe. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, transition teams and committees. I mean, Ultimately, he's a decision maker. He's got to have the ideas. I mean, I hope he gets good advice from competent people. But, I mean, I know he's not going to take Baker Curtis's advice on charter schools already. So, uh, you know, so so there's that. Well, we will be watching. Uh, Continuing on, it's uh, been 26 months since Arkansas voters approved medical marijuana and the state is, uh, is still at least several months away from uh, cultivated marijuana being for sale here. Um, no dispensary licenses have been awarded, though that's upcoming at the next meeting, supposedly. It's a, it's a mess, and you really have to wonder. You begin to wonder who to blame for all this, and, and there, there are plenty. I don't think the Medical Marijuana Commission has been very adroit at how they've dealt with it. I, Governor Asa Hutchinson hates marijuana, medical or otherwise, and he certainly hasn't helped the process uh, the law itself was too complicated. I don't think there's any doubt about it and, and has too many restrictions on it. There was this interesting development this week, though. It was They opened a medical marijuana dispensary in Oklahoma pretty close to the Arkansas border, which got some attention from TV reporters say, hey, you know, why can't you, you know, they'll let people from other states who are cleared for medical marijuana buy it on a temporary license over there. So what's the deal? Well, that started this whole discussion, and, and in fact, there is a provision in Arkansas law that that provides for a process to get a card that allows you to purchase medical marijuana here. And that card, if you take it to another state with marijuana, in theory, can be produced to get medical marijuana. Well, they haven't started issuing those cards yet and didn't plan to do it until a month before the dispensaries were open. And suddenly the state health department, I think because of this publicity on TV, popped up and said, well, we're going to start issuing those cards here pretty pretty quick, pretty fast. And so that means you can take it over to Oklahoma and get you some marijuana. Well, you know, not so fast. And, I, and I'm not sure this wasn't a surprise to some people, including, including the governor. Uh, there is still the small problem of transporting marijuana across state lines even if legally obtained in one state and bringing it into another state, uh, there is the, the Arkansas law says that card allows you to buy marijuana only from a dispensary in Arkansas. It doesn't, even though Oklahoma may give you reciprocity, our law doesn't say that provides you any clearance. Now, realistically, and I think David Couch, who was the big marijuana advocate, said, oh, go ahead and do it. They're not going to be setting up roadblocks at the border to arrest you, but and that's, as a practical matter, probably true. But, boy, this is just a fraught area. And, we I mean, the, the bottom line is we need to get cracking. 
and get what the law allows legal in Arkansas and see how it goes. But there's not going to be any marijuana ready for harvesting, I don't think, until April, March or April at least, and then not in the quantities necessary to meet the demand. I mean, I, I think we're looking at, you know, at least six to eight months more of chaos here, and that's, you know, yeah. government is not serving the people very well. A small uh, news item that uh, provoked large outrage, uh, in some quarters at least, that happened in the year, Republican Representative Charlie Collins, who was soundly defeated for re-election by Democrat Denise Garner, will continue on uh, the state paycheck. Well, he, yeah, he, he joins. He's the. There were two Republican legislators defeated for re-election this year, and both of them have fat state jobs now, thanks to Asa Hutchinson. I think it's outrageous, but it's there's there's no end of fat state jobs and the shrink and the supposedly shrinking state government payroll of Asa Hutchinson for for Republican hacks like Charlie Collins. He's become a, a guy in the budget office of DFNA run by another former defeated Republican lawmaker, uh, Duncan Baird. And uh, Baird is is coincidentally a finest, finalist for the job to be head of the Arkansas Public Employees Retirement System. That's a system whose board got rid of the previous director after it was reconstituted under a law passed by Hutchinson to put him in control of the board. And so, I, I mean, I kind of like Duncan Baird's odds of getting hired for that job. Uh, you know, I mean, to a certain degree, this is the political spoil system. The winners get the spoils. I, there's a certainly a degree of hypocrisy in the fact that this small government, efficient, see-minded, good Republicans never seem to run out of public tits for their guys to suck on. But, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. Here's the deal on a on – a, on a lesser level, it's Asa Hutchinson is just Trump Jr. He can do whatever he wants in Arkansas, and it just doesn't matter. We saw that in the election. An R behind your name means that 65% of the voters are for you no matter what you do. Okay. Is there anything else we need to catch up on? If there is, it's just equally as bad, and so I'm just happy to let it just happy enough to let it slide. All right. Sunny as usual. What do you have to endorse this week? Well, I don't have Roma to endorse. I, I'm sorry. You don't uh, like it? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, heard it I, descri- I just thought it was. I heard it described as a tone poem. Which yeah, would, somebody like, called it a t- And when I hear the word tone poem, I, my, my radar goes up, and I would have to say, you know, I mean, it was okay. It was too long, and not much happened. I mean, you know, but more more to my taste was something we watched on Amazon Prime we're about halfway through a six episode series of something called Fearless it's a british series about a defense lawyer who is uh specializes in getting accused pedophiles out of prison for unjust convictions and it gets tied up with international intrigue and american meddling and and spycraft and the other, the thing about it that's really interesting is is it's perhaps exaggerated, but I think a lot of it's based on truth, and that's to the extent at which the government, British government, has you under surveillance by camera or by wiretap or by other means all the time. And it's just much as I like the Brits, I think that's kind of scary. But anyway, it's it's just kind of it's a little bit unbelievable drama, but police procedural and legal procedural. But it's fearless. It's pretty good. Sounds good. Uh, in my quest to visit all Arkansas State Parks, uh, got a kid-free getaway to 
Queen Wilhelmina State Park in Polk County in far western Arkansas. It was my first visit, I think, to Polk County. Uh, and it was very nice. Um, the, they have a newish lodge up there. Uh, there's been a lodge at the top of the mountain, which I think is the third, yeah, third yeah. largest mountain forever. But this one is is newly updated or new. I don't know. Yeah, the other one burned down, I think, the um, previous one. They, they have pretty nice rooms, although we never could get, like, really hot water. And the front desk kept telling us it's because of state law which I assume is more like state regulation that won't allow water to a certain level because of scalding reasons, which that's is, new. We need uh, some if, investigative if, reporting on that. We, we need some activist legislators to get out. And that, that is one regulation that needs to be repealed. Um, <laughs> well, you learn something new every day. Or... And they kept saying, like, if you turn the hot water all the way on, then it will not work at all to protect you. That's the stupidest that's crazy. thing ever. And the food is not was not state great. Pa- state park food is gonna always be just kind of. But we did. We went to Mina and found a nice little barbecue place. Um, but it, it's it's nice up there. Uh, Be- Mina and, is a, is a surprisingly attractive little town. I think. I mean, the setting in the hills is nice, and there's kind of an old main street, got a little yeah. craft shops on it. Did you see the Studebaker dealership? No. Oh well, it's right. It's one block off Main Street. It's it's not a Studebaker dealership, except it was bought by a guy who has this very successful business in Mina who makes, uh, I think, head manifolds or some important engine part for stock car racers. Very successful. Well, he bought the old Studebaker dealership building in, in Mina years ago. Of course, Studebaker's been out of business. And there was a period in the 50s and 60s where Studebaker at the end built these sort of uh, modern-style aerodynamic buildings and this one's been preserved and he's painted it looks just like a Studebaker dealership and it's got an Avani Studebaker Avani their last gas sports car restored sitting on the showroom floor it's like frozen out of 1964 it's just it's one of my favorite things in Arkansas is the Studebaker dealership in Mean Arkansas I'm sorry you missed it oh yeah me too well then on our way back we went uh Around on oh, no, a good train station in Mina with a little museum in it. You go in there, no. the old KCS train station. No, there. we were there like around New Year's Eve, so everything. Was oh, okay. Closed. Um, but on the way back, we went uh, around the Albert Pike um, recreation area and did some hiking in there and went through a bunch of Forest Service roads. It's beautiful country. I hadn't spent much time in the Washington. Did you Dolls. walk from Albert Pike down to Little Missouri Falls? We we didn't we went to Little Missouri Falls, but we kind of came at it a weird way. But we're going back. This Little Missouri Falls in the summer is one of the greatest places in Arkansas to take kids because the water ripples, but it's not too deep and it's crystal clear and it's on the bottom is rock and it's it's just wonderful. Yeah, my one of my kids' favorite places. No, it's beautiful. We're we're gonna go explore some more soon. Thanks for listening. Subscribe via iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcasting source. And listen to our other podcasts at arctimes.com slash podcasts. Happy New Year. See you soon.